Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This week on WealthTrack, outspoken Treasury bond manager Robert Kessler takes on the hordes of Treasury bond market critics and makes the case for owning U.S. government debt. He's next on Consuelo Mac WealthTrack. New York Life, along with Mainstay's family of mutual funds, offers investment and retirement solutions so you can help your clients keep good going. Additional funding provided by Thornburg Investment Management, Active Management, Flexible Perspective. Koo and Patricia Ewan through the Ewan Foundation, committed to bridging cultural differences. Rosalind P. Walter and the Fairholm Foundation. Hello and welcome to this edition of Wealth Track. I'm Consuelo Mack. What's to blame for the sea change that has occurred in the financial markets recently? The spike in volatility, the first official stock market correction in two years, and a rise in formerly placid long-term interest rates. The almost universal answer from Wall Street is that the disruption in the financial markets has been caused by an acceleration in global growth, a pickup in inflation from abnormally low levels, and the withdrawal of years of stimulus from major central banks. And there is another factor at work in the U.S., the huge expansion in government spending. The recent two-year budget deal adds nearly $300 billion to government spending. By some estimates, the Treasury will need to issue more than a trillion dollars in bonds a year to cover the burgeoning federal budget deficit. Is this just one more reason to avoid U.S. Treasuries? Financial luminaries such as Warren Buffett, former Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan, and current and former so-called bond kings Jeffrey Goodlack and Bill Gross would say yes. At various times, they have all called Treasuries extremely expensive, if not downright dangerous, investments. Well, not so this week's guest. He is Robert Kessler, founder and CEO of Kessler Investment Advisors, a manager of fixed income portfolios with a specialty in U.S. Treasuries for institutions and high net worth individuals globally. Now, for years, Kessler has been correct in predicting interest rates would fall and stay low and also in recommending Treasuries for their investment potential and safe haven characteristics. Given the pickup in global growth and interest rates, what's his view now? It's somewhat natural that interest rates will go higher uh, if, if the marketplace assumes that inflation is going higher. And inflation seems to be part and parcel of uh, an increase in the economy throughout the world. Right. It's not exactly true. Uh, in the last couple of days, we just got Chinese inflation, mm-hmm. which was actually down. And we know European inflation really isn't very high anyway. Right. But, but there is always a sense that it's going to be there. Now, we've done this before. And 
it's going to be there and of course it doesn't materialize. And the reason it doesn't materialize is because technology in the world, the Amazons in the world, all of these growth patterns that we've seen have tended to bring inflation down. And though we'd like to see inflation, because inflation seems to indicate to people, oh, there's a pickup. Yes, in growth. In, in growth, right. in wages. The fact of the matter is it, it really isn't there. And, and so consequently, when people think it's there, you, you begin to see a movement in markets. Therefore, the expectations, if, you're seeing a, if one is seeing a pickup in global growth, the expectations are that inflation will pick up as well. And you're saying that it ain't necessarily so anymore because of technology and globalization and all but of the- it. It hasn't been so. We haven't seen any of the stuff that right. people have been waiting for over the last eight or nine years. Right. People tend to want to extrapolate something they were used to before into now. This is the best we can get with the greatest amount of stimulus the world has ever seen. Trillions, and I say trillions because it's a number that none of us have ever used before. Trillions of dollars have been thrown into the market and the best we can get is 2% growth. Now, let me just stop you there because GDP growth in this country recently has gone well above 2% growth. I mean, we've had a, we have had a quarter where growth is like 3%. And the expectations are that the, we are in a, a new level of growth because of all sorts of things, because of a big corporate tax cut, because corporate earnings are so strong, uh, that the consumer confidence is up, business confidence is up. So there is an, an expectation that the pickup in growth that we've seen in a quarter or two in GDP growth in this country is going to continue, that we're, we're at a new higher level. But you're saying no. No. <laughs> I am really saying no, because over the last couple of quarters, over the last two years, Americans are saving less than they have done for the last decade or so. We've gone from 6% savings to about 2.5% savings. And if you subtract that difference from the growth and you subtract how much credit card debt Americans have gotten into, you suddenly find out you didn't have 2.5% growth or 3 You really only had 1% growth. So when we look in the United States at what's really happening, we don't really have any growth. We, we have a situation where we have to look at the Treasury market, which is going to now be stressed because there's going to be more debt in the country. No, right. Mm -hmm. Very complicated problem. Who's going to buy that debt? Are rates going to go higher? Those are all questions. They are. That we're going to deal with. And, and so our job, at least my job, in talking to people is, so where do you want to be in this marketplace? Mm -hmm. What's going to be in an important place to be? And the only thing I can come up with that's going to be comfortable is, have you thought about your savings? 
So in, instead of what, what most people on Wall Street do is they think about, you know, we, we talk about investments all the time. And, and you're saying before you talk about investments, you've got to have savings. We so, all should understand that credit, that is debt instruments that people buy, are at the narrowest spreads to the best quality you can buy, which is a treasury, that we've seen in a decade or so. Mm -hmm. That's very serious. That means if it gets worse, you lose money in those, what you thought were good paying yields. Where you're going for more higher return. And the S&P index is yielding 1.7, 1.8. You can get a two-year treasury at 210. Why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And the only reason people do this is because they're kind of cajoled into a Wall Street thinking that says you have to own these things because that's the only way you make money. Let's say you hold a treasury until maturity. You know exactly what the return is going to be. And, And yields on treasuries are historically near pretty low at pretty low levels. If, for instance, you're saving for retirement and you, you want some growth, which you do, you don't get growth in a treasury, you do get it in stocks over the, you know, again, longer term. If you, if you, you can get dividends, you can reinvest your dividends. The com- power of compounding is great over time. Then that would be, you know, make the distinction that for, for your investment, for long-term investments, that the returns on stocks have been better than they have been on treasuries. I I always love the discussion of overtime. I have never understood what overtime meant to me. Overtime means, do I have as much as I thought I had last night when I went to sleep? All right, well, that's short-term time. Well, I'm not sure what time people actually have. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to take the discussion that you had about Um, It's not enough. Something's not enough. If I had $10,000 today and next year and the year after and the year after I have $10,000, I have $10,000. You tell me I'm going to have $7,000. That is not a comfortable feeling to me. Okay. What you're suggesting and what other people suggest is, no, 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 no. You should do this because... It'll be $13,000. Not so fast. Because if you did this in 2007, 2008, 2009, it is very difficult to get back up. Right. So Going down is pretty easy. Right. Going back up is pretty hard. So we all like to paint this incredibly rosy picture because Wall Street is selling us something. They're selling us some dream about where it will be. And, and I'm suggesting it's not like that. And our parents didn't have it like that. Savings mean you're not at risk. Investing means mm, I'll take some risk. If, if, in fact, the Federal Reserve continues to raise interest rates, which it's, which it's been doing, it's been doing it very slowly since... 2015, and it says that it's on track to do it, I don't know, maybe three or four times again this year. 
um, that means that the, the underlying principle in, in treasuries, if interest rates go up, bond prices go down. So therefore, you, know, you can lose money in treasuries just like you can in the stock market. But, but, that's, uh, but, but I, so, I, I don't want to interrupt, but, but that's not true. Okay. No one loses any money if you didn't sell it. Right, if you hold it long-term or to well, the maturity Well, what term. is long-term? You could buy a two-year treasury and True. hold it two years or five years or ten years. So let me put it back to the market where it right now. Uh, right now, we've had a very, very uh, incredibly volatile uh, stock market. Right, finally. I mean, well, after yeah, a, a couple sure. of years of a lull. We always have a volatile stock market at a certain point As, yes. when complacency gets ridiculous, sentiment gets crazy, and we are at the end of a cycle. This is what it looks like. Let me tell you about cycles, though, in, in that y- you can have these corrections in an up cycle. This is nine years yes. into a market that no one has ever seen in this respect. In this respect, we had the greatest amount of government stimulus to create a market instead of being three or four or five years of a normal recession cycle, it's lasted nine years. This is the third longest in 200 years or whatever uh, craziness we've had. So you know you're at the end, you know Mm -hmm. you're getting crazy, and what's unique about this, this is the most unique part about all of this is, We've gone through year after year after year of saying, wow, that's the craziest thing I ever saw. That's the worst thing. That should have affected the market. That should have affected the market. That should have affected... Nothing Nothing seemed to have affected the market until now. Of course it has. Mm -hmm. It will always affect the market, and that's what we're looking at. So we're finally seeing the beginning. I'm not saying everything craters tomorrow morning. I am not suggesting that. But this is how it looks. This is what it looks like when things begin to get kind of unhinged. So we're seeing a little bit of this craziness. And my guess is uh, we'll continue to see it. My guess also is the next probably big bull market, which is why I come on this show, you ask me, uh, probably the next big bull market will probably be in the treasury market. And I'm going to tell you why the treasury market. Because in recessions in the United States, um, the only thing we can do, the Federal Reserve can do, is to lower rates. If, If this is, in fact, where we're going and you lower rates low enough, you will see treasuries at a half or 1%. Mm hmm so from from nearly three percent now, from where we are right now, right, which down is to two eighty five, half a percent is a big move, is percentage tr- wise. In in do- yeah. so I, I'm not in any way suggesting people should go out and buy treasuries tomorrow. You're not. I, I, I'm suggesting <laughs> that the idea of cash, mm-hmm. uh, and and I was on the sh- when we did this last time. Now I would say more so than ever, uh, be safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, be serious about the, the seriousness 
of the United States in terms of, or Europe, or China, where I spend a great deal of time, um, if China is the elephant in the room, the importance in terms of looking at the market, it's slowing down. So China's slowing down. China's slowing right. down. If, if that's the, the driver real estate market of is changing. And, global and the real estate market here in New York is changing. All these markets are slowing down. Be aware of that. It is expensive to be wrong in a market that goes down. Whether it continues to do this isn't as relevant as the fact that people are at tremendous risk and, and you don't want to lose money. The fact of the matter is the only thing, the only thing we know for sure, 100%, that is a strange thing to say, especially on television, but the only thing that actually responds well to bad markets, to negative uh, markets, are treasuries. Mm-hmm. So there has what, never been a time that a treasury didn't perform well when the rest of the markets perform poorly. Right. Now, what about, you know, this time could it be different? And the reason I say that is because of the issuance issue. And that is, you know, I, mean, I think there are some estimates that we're going to have like a trillion dollar budget deficit. I, I think you're absolutely right. And, I, and, I, if, and if we have a recession, the budget deficit is going to be even larger than that. And so that's a lot of treasuries. And the ultimate thing that happens is the rest of the world looks at our treasury market mm-hmm. and says, I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like that either. But So we're still the, the best game in town. Yeah. I right. mean, I, 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 as much as I'm in Asia or wherever I'm going, I don't have anything in Yuan. Remember, I don't have, I mean, other people can tell me that. We own dollars. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the world will always... So, yeah, I, I'm, I don't like the deficit. I don't like more of a deficit. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it puts a strain on our treasury. The terrible thing about the deficit is it doesn't seem to be benefiting anyone in particular. Perhaps the military, perhaps a, a few areas, but nothing that really helps the middle class or the lower class of the country which I speak about all the time because I think it is extraordinarily relevant to understand what to do with money. Mm-hmm. That, that is the purpose of this show. Uh, what do we do with money? Therefore, at this particular juncture, you're saying Be cash. careful. Be very Be careful. Be very careful. This is an opportunity to say, come on, stop. Keep the cash. Um, be safe. And, and I think that's what this volatility in the market is telling you. And, and so, therefore, when you're talking about cash, are you talking about treasury bills as well? Um, I think treasuries are the only thing. I'm very concerned. I think people need uh, to be able to save. Uh, we are down to 2.4%, which is the lowest we've been in 10 years. Right, and since the every recession. time we get to 2.4%, we go into a recession. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think this is the most serious period of time that I've ever come on your show. 
So more serious than the, sure. than the crisis, the financial crisis of 07 and 08? Yeah, because, because, because we didn't get out of that by rebuilding our savings, by rebuilding things. What we did was we got out of that by paying off banks, by uh, doing a huge amount of stimulus that helped a lot of things. Institutions, But didn't right. help uh, the populace of the country. This time, we know that we don't have quantitative easing. We have something called QT, quantitative tightening. And we're threatening quantitative tightening in Europe and quantitative tightening in, well, maybe not Japan. And, and because of that, who are the people who will suffer from this? Not the banks, because they got all the money to begin mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And they've cleaned up their balance sheets. So and they've cleaned up their balance but- And very well-to-do people have made a lot of money. Right. But I don't notice anyone else. The average household and what's is more in debt. what's relevant about that is they represent 70% of the GDP of this country. So if you took away the amount of money that was spent by consumers or saved by consumers, which we went from 6% to 2.4%, and you take away how much they put into their credit card debt, you would find out that we're probably only growing at about 1%. Whoa. And that's before a recession. That is really, yeah, that's, that's not comforting. Right. And the first thing corporations do when things get a little bit tight is they lay people off. So you think we're in, in actually in worse, the, the average American is in I, I, worse I think, shape now. I, I don't know how to get out of okay. this. And they don't either. And so the only conclusion I can come to is here's what you do. Look, let's not depend on those guys. Let's not depend on those guys. Here's what we do. Build your savings. I, I think you build your savings. I think you keep your cash. Um, you're going to ask me, which I know you will, uh, what would be my long-term approach to my pension fund, I would say it's the same thing I always say. Buy a long-term uh, treasury. And the reason I say that, it's the only thing I can think of that keeps paying you money. Mm-hmm. So specifically, the treasury that you would buy, Robert, yes. for a long-term diversified portfolio, would it be a, a, a strip where you've stripped away the sure. coupons yeah. okay, and you just good. have the underlying principle, you buy it at a discount? That's good to me, yes. You might lose if you had to sell a strip, and I know people do that, or a 10-year. But the fact of the matter is you don't. You don't. And you never think of it. You never think of the fact that, oh, I'm going to sell my treasury. But you do think when you go to sleep at night, and I don't care who it is, if you went to sleep last night and you were looking at your stock market portfolio and it was down 10 or 15 or 20 percent, you don't feel that good. And I think that's incredibly important because it is that sense of feeling that will determine also where the markets are, meaning the GDP of the United States, the economics of the United States. And so all of this sentiment stuff is all interconnected. And right now, we are on that very fragile area of heading down. And that's very important.
Robert Kessler, thank you very much for joining us on WealthTrack. Thank you very much. At the close of every wealth track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is a strategy to provide income and stability in a changing interest rate environment. It is consider building a laddered treasury bond portfolio. You can do it online and free of fees. Laddering means buying a portfolio of bonds that mature at different times, starting with short-term maturities at the lowest rungs, intermediate-term ones in the middle rungs, and ending with long-term ones at the highest rungs. When the shortest-term bond of one year, for example, matures, you can buy a new 10- or 30-year bond with the proceeds, always replacing the highest rung. As bonds mature over the years, money goes to purchase new bonds with longer maturities within the range of the bond ladder. Thanks to the ladder, you can diversify the interest rates you receive insulate yourself from dramatic ups and downs in the bond market and keep up with interest changes in the short end while getting more stable income returns at the longer end. The U.S. Treasury has made this kind of strategy easy and inexpensive through its online marketplace, treasurydirect.gov, where you can buy new Treasury issues at no commission. Every month, the Treasury auctions 2, 3, 5, 7, 10, and 30-year issues, which gives you plenty of choices. The minimum amount you can invest in any transaction is a mere $100. Interest payments are made semi-annually, and they are free from state and local taxes. Just by using TreasuryDirect.gov, you can create a laddered portfolio of diversified, super-safe Treasury bonds online. Well, next week, we have a rare interview with small-cap pioneer Chuck Royce to explore the growth and income opportunities in small company stocks. And in our exclusive extra feature on our website, I will ask Robert Kessler how his obsession for rock climbing has influenced his investment perspective. In the meantime, keep connecting with us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for watching. Have a great weekend and make the week ahead a profitable and a productive one.